Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. Wade is here with myself, Mike Berg, and we are in our studio for episode, I believe, number 35 of our Winging It series, sort of entitled The Life and Thought of Martin Luther. And we have been going sort of chronologically through the life of Luther. And along the way, we'll stop once in a while to talk about maybe a big theological topic or a person like Katie Luther or um, one of the electors of Saxony. And today, I think perhaps the most intriguing of the characters that we are going to uh, um, we're going to find on this pathway, uh, you know, although Katie Luther is intriguing, we just don't have maybe as much information about her as we do for our character today, who is Lucas Cronick the Elder. Many of you probably know him as a great artist, especially the portraits of Luther and um, and Katie and others. But really, kind of, I know he didn't like this term, a renaissance man, and if there ever was one, right? Yeah. Uh, he's all over the place, a businessman. He's into politics. He's the mayor of, uh, of Wittenberg, a pharmacist, got his hands on Drug a lot of dealer. things. Very successful, very, uh, I think, provably well-respected in his time and later on. And so we're just going to kind of just talk chronic and especially his relationship with Luther, which brings out a few things about Luther that perhaps the average Lutheran kind of, when you got the story of Luther, maybe never thought about that. Luther really cares about well, his branding. Um, he, um, you know, cares about certain ways, copyright information, all this kind of other stuff. So um, why don't you, uh, why don't I ask you this question? Well, Mike, can I first just start off with a, you shared with me some uh, interesting texts with your your wife last night. You guys were texting back and forth, and uh, I think our listeners. I'm, I'm drinking tea again, is what brought it to mind. But uh, <laughs> you want to you want to share what your your should wife re- uh, had to say? Should I just read it? If you think she's okay with that, but oh yeah, she's. Okay. I got a kick out of it. So um, I was speaking here, and then I stayed for vespers, and then the the vicars and the campus pastors went out for for a nightcap, and so I was gone. And I said, I'm going to be gone late. And she said, okay. And she then texts me. She's like, hey, buddy, just for future reference, the expression is hit the nail on the head, not hit the hammer on the head. Listening to podcast, I know you know that, but you said it twice. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And I'm like, oh, which one? She's like, Life of Luther, uh, number 34, just giving you a hard time, Uh, blah, blah, blah. And I said, usually Wade nails me for that stuff, like if I mispronounce something, which, which, is a, is a thing for me. I do that often. Usually Wade nails me for that stuff. And she responds, he was too busy bragging <laughs> about his tea. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yep. So she gets, she gets both of us. Yeah. Right, very no, well. I, so, I got a kick out of that when you, so I, I sent you a screenshot right away. Cause I thought that was humorous. Yeah. And it's true because I would have bragged about my tea at the beginning of this wing. And you're so again. distracted from the tea that you missed an opportunity to criticize me and make fun of me. Yeah. So well, maybe the tea is a good thing. It's I think making it, me more well. I think Ama- Amanda got both of our personalities there, and she really nailed the hammer on the head. All right. So Lucas Chronic the Elder. <laughs> Lucas Chronic the Elder. Um, tell me why he is so important to the story of the Reformation. If you could, we could start sure. there. I think one of the first things that Chronic helps to illustrate for us is that. Um, and I, I often will say, well, you know, Wittenberg is this backwards, 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 backwards town, you know, 
um, people who go to visit don't write, you know, um, glowing reports of the architecture and the sophistication. But at the same time, um, there is quite the impressive collection of of talents. minds and, and, and abilities and talents there. And uh, and Chronic is perhaps one of uh, the leading ones. We'll have episodes on um, more of Luther's co-workers. I think we've talked about Melanchthon already, or if yep. not, we will be yep. getting there. Yep. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Justice Dronis, uh, Krusiger, um, <clears throat> Amsdorf, Bugenhagen, the list could go on. But Kronik's important because he's not a pastor and he's not a theologian per se, although I think um, if you study his work, he's quite theologically mm-hmm. astute. Um, but he is going to... He's going to be someone who both uh, shapes Wittenberg and is shaped by it. He is brought to Wittenberg, um, I believe, about 1504 by Frederick the Wise um, to be a court painter. So he had been painting already and, and he had been noticed. And uh, and Wittenberg becomes kind of like this town of opportunity for him as the university is getting started and will take off with Luther and others. Um, the town kind of begins to grow uh, he'll open an uh, apotheca- apothecary, a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, he will serve as burgomeister or, or mayor, I guess we'd say, um, for at least two terms that I can recall, maybe more. Uh, he opens a, a printing press. Um, early on, the, the printing quality wasn't great. We've talked about that in reference to uh, Brand Luther. Um, oh, what's it? Is it not Grunewald? Whoever's running the original press. Um, sure, Luther's yeah. not happy with. And... Uh, um, so he will uh, start a printing press, and that printing house will become very important. He will be the one who, um, with Luther, <clears throat> helps to develop a distinctive look to Luther's writings, um, having fonts that are discernible and um, pleasing to the eye, how the words are arranged on the, the page, um, having an attractive title page, right? We say don't judge a book by its cover, but we know people do. Uh, I mean, I know I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the joke in, in grad school, my minor field, um, one of them was, was modern Germany and especially kind of like f- fascism and Holocaust studies. And the joke in those classes was always, right, if you want to get a book published in that field, you had to have a swastika or Hitler on the cover. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> people were walking through Barnes & Noble or mm-hmm. going on Amazon and they look at the covers. Well, um, the cover page becomes something that um, Chronic informs Luther's taste for. The trademark kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's still doing work for Catholics as well. He'll paint or print for Catholics too. Um, but you can tell um, he's, he, as a Lutheran, his, his, uh, he's very theologically astute. And I would say probably the greatest thing he's left us um, are his paintings. And and this is not because his paintings are necessarily, um, you know, masterpieces of realism. Or, uh, I mean, I, I think if I'm remembering correctly, he's, he's influenced by the kind of the Flemish school. Uh, but he's still of that age where they're writing figures that don't look always lifelike in the in, in some of the biblical scenes he portrays. Mm-hmm. Now he does. Um, uh, how we picture Luther and Katie is largely through Chronic, mm-hmm. right? This is, or Melanchthon, he mm-hmm. paints them. Those are lifelike, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I mean is, uh, when and he's chronic, chronic is better than what we get from the 18th century and 19th century of Luther, yeah. right? Um, but it's not that he's Michelangelo or Raphael or um, or, or any like any that. of your teenage mutant ninja turtles. Yeah, 
Um, and even for his day, uh, he's not Albrecht Durer as, as far as uh, I think Durer is probably more celebrated uh, now um, and then um, than Kronik. But he's extremely capable, and what he does is he puts Luther's theology in pictures. And in a day that was not extremely literate, um, this was very important. Uh, if, if you go to Wittenberg and you, you go um, to the uh, uh, the Black Cloister, the Luther House, uh, you'll see some of his paintings in there. <coughs> if you go to the the, um, the Marienkirche, the Stadtkirche, the city church, uh, you'll see the famous altarpiece, um, which many Lutheran pastors will have in their in their offices. Uh, these are iconic representations of Lutheran theology. His depiction of the Ten Commandments is a very uh, it it's uh, doesn't hide anything, right? Yeah. It's uh, the the sixth commandment is is yeah. pretty yeah. Uh, straightforward. His Adam and Eve is probably his most famous works yeah. outside of the church. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite paintings is is the Law and Gospel that he's done, where where under the law Adam is fleeing the garden, and then the Gospel, and you see Christ or the sinner. You, know, you can put yourself in those shoes. Um, but maybe Mike, if you want to elucidate a little bit for us, um, I know we both use Brand Luther in our Luther class. It's not only his paintings, um, but art connected to Luther's books that will be important too. And maybe you can talk a little yeah, about just that. Yeah, just maybe just broadly, um, you know, you can see Luther, his personality, um, and, and I think a lot of Lutheran pastors kind of go down this road. Like, I don't like this this business money kind of thing. Don't want to deal with it. It's not really a uh, you know, something I don't want. It, it's just, just quite a, just a little bit unseemly. But Luther realized, perhaps with the help largely of Chronic and others, that this stuff matters. And, and this is a debate that we have in the church all the time. How much do we take business practi- practices into the church? There are warnings there. Well, and we start. can unpack more too. Um, something that's marked the Lutheran church from its beginning too is, how to incorporate visual arts sure. and stuff like that. So, you know, I, we're still thinking about this. Obviously, you have to have some business sense if you're running a church, but it can be too much when you start thinking only in terms of business. There's categories that businessmen put their information in, and it can be dangerous. But to ignore it is stubborn and foolish. And so Luther really kind of, and, and as I'm digging into Luther more and more, Boy, he got this a lot more than I, than I realized, that he very much cares, again, about the brand. And it, we're just not just talking about brand Luther. I mean, we're just, just, the books matter, how they are laid out. He's got his own little, you know, a right. trademark. Not, a, not a, a brand today, like we think of a, a social media influencer mm-hmm. having a brand. But meaning that, um, as Mike is pointing out, his books have a distinctive look. There's that. These are things that matter. Yeah. And flat out trustworthy. So is there going to be a, 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 a seal? Is there going to be a, a trademark? Is there going to be something like, if you're thinking Albert Dewar, he's got the A and the D, yeah. you know? Do, do, does Luther's books have, this chronic stuff have that? And, and I think they discussed that and worked, worked some things up um, about that kind of stuff. And, and, and I think Luther realizes, I'm happy to let some of this go to somebody else. Not that they were like in this, you know, quid pro quo, sign an agreement kind of working relationship, but he's certainly okay letting Chronic drive that in certain circumstances. 
and looking to chronic for advice and and through that grows kind of like a beautiful relationship and again to that debate about how do we use the you know the 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 visuals i I think it would be foolish for us to ignore chronics at least i I don't know if it's going to be influenced on the theology of luther that goes too far but their relationship did not nuance how luther looked at karlstadt and others chronic doesn't seem to seems to not really respect Karlstadt in this when it comes to art this is this is chronic's business right you know i mean if you're going to go the iconoclasm route and say these visuals don't work then then chronic's out of out of a part of a large part of who he is he's not going to go broke he's he's got he's wealthy wealthy man but it's a large part of who he is but yet chronic understands that it would be a misuse of art to worship it right and so he He's he's he understands the sweet spot there. He doesn't go down, which is very Lutheran way. He doesn't go down to the ditch on the left or the ditch on the right. And uh, you have two powerful people, the most powerful theologian and the most powerful artist, who both have political clout, um, are working these kind of sensitive things out. I'd imagine that they've they discussed this over beer many different times. They are friends. They are family friends. You know. Um, Chronics at Luther's wedding. Yeah, yeah, and that that these are, that these are, backroom kind of smoke filled backroom in a good way, not in a bad way, but in a good way. They are hashing these things out, and you you just kind of wonder without Chronic, uh, where does Luther go? Same way without without Melanchthon, where does Luther go? Without Katie, where does Luther go? Um, is he able to to have all of these? balancing influences it's quite remarkable as you began this podcast episode to start talking about how much talent's there you got one of the best greek guys around in Melanchthon. you got one of the best artists around in chronic you got you know you have probably the best politician around in in uh um in, frederick, in the the frederick the wise and his elector i mean you really have quite a few people to bounce things off of and as we've said before it's Part of it is just literally raw talent by a stroke of probably God's doing that they all came in the small town. But there's also a feeding off each other that pulls each other up. Well, and I think that too, you know, it's, um, we sometimes can be sound downright corny saying it, but you know, you hear people say, well, history is his story. Mm-hmm. And, and that's overdone. And I don't know that we want to use it as much as we use it sometimes, um, but uh, but there is something to it, and I think uh, I mean even Melanchthon's funeral eulogy for Luther um, draws on these themes. It is a uh, special of collection of people in this town, and uh, um, yeah, Lucas Cranach and his wife are witnesses at Luther's wedding, to which Melanchthon was not invited, by the way, because Melanchthon kind of gave him a hard time about getting married. Um, and uh, he's also the godfather for their first son, uh, Johannes or Hans. So this is quite the relationship. And something that Chronic had that Luther also had. So maybe Durer is more famous at this time and, and his work has been more enduring. But Chronic was a machine. Mm-hmm. Like he, like Luther, was extremely productive. Luther could sit down and write and produce just an amazing volume of works. I mean, you see the the Weimar edition and it's just crazy how much there is that Luther has written. Um, Chronic could too... And that meant that Luther was able to go to Chronic and say, I'm writing this letter, or I'm working on this, or I want this depiction of something. 
and have one of the best, if we want to use a term we might use today, graphic artists mm -hmm. or illustrators mm -hmm. in Europe at the time. Mm -hmm. One of the most productive. Uh, and it's Chronic who Luther is producing that will draw the printing press to town. But it's Chronic who really helps shape Wittenberg as a printing town as well. And his woodcuts that he puts in Luther's works, um, that they're able to produce these things um, by print um, from these woodcuts. This is, um, maybe you have a household where one person's literate and, not, and the servants or others aren't. <coughs> these pictures are catechetical. These pictures um, are a preaching of the gospel in a sense uh, to, um, to the laity, to the uneducated. Uh, and it... You know, the same as we might picture now when you're reading a, a, a storybook to a child and you read it and show them the picture, um, this is functionally what these woodcuts are able to uh, help people to be able to do. And so ways that people picture important Bible stories or the commandments, the picture that would have come into their head was was chronic. And and think of um, kind of iconic images in our own day or iconic uh Paintings. Uh, think of a church that maybe if you've grown up in a church and it has a particular painting, just seeing that painting calls to mind a lot of things. Chronic's work was that for a lot of people, especially people who wouldn't have had a lot of books. They have a few cherished books and, and, and they encounter these woodcuts. And it could be something as trifling or as humorous as the Pope farting. <laughs> To Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, mm -hmm. um, to uh, you know, um, the Pope riding a, uh, you know, Christ riding in humbly on a donkey, and then the Pope riding in with great pomp, um, contrasted with each other, and then a depiction of the crucifixion that's that's very powerful. Um, these images did did a lot, um, and I would say too, these are studying forces for each other. Um, one of the interesting things um, to me with Chronic. Um, is uh, in one of my favorite paintings that he's done, and I've I've shared it on, on Facebook before, and people always uh, you get kind of a uh, um, an interesting response from people because it's it's kind of a a striking and um, almost un uncomfortable uh, painting, and that's uh, his his melancholia or melancholia. Um, something uh, interesting about about Durer about Chronic and about Luther. And Dura was drawn to Luther's theology as well, partly because of this, is they all suffered from depression. And so uh, the painting is like this lady's distracted sitting while like there's a bunch of these like naked babies playing and she's kind of just there. Um, but one of the things that helped Chronic identify with Luther was Luther's theology was a theology of consolation. Um, uh, Flacius later, who I study, right, goes through depression and, and finds Luther helpful for this too. Um, Chronic knew how to depict human emotion, um, and he got how the gospel was a message of, of consolation. And that's something that strikes me about his paintings too. Um, but just the, the theological things you can, his crucifixion depictions where Christ is on the cross and the blood is coming from Christ's side, and where is it going, Mike, if you recall? Into the chalice. <laughs> Into the chalice. I mean, think about how that teaches people and, and the, the wonderful truth that it conveys. Um, it uh, This is uh, 
what they're able to do together is better than what they could do separately. And Chronic is able to profit off Luther. Luther is not, um, there's no copyright to assert. Mm -hmm. Luther's not taking profit for his writings. Um, these resources that are being produced are able to help support the industry in Wittenberg too. Yeah, so a couple of things that I pulled out uh, or I thought about when you were talking there. You know, there, there's a polemical aspect to art and also a teaching aspect to art and, and same with music, right? So Luther, in the same way we talked about chronic with art, Luther's going to do that with music, right? This is good for teaching, right? Uh, give give somebody. But there's also, um, there's we don't quite always, we got to remind ourselves that there's a polemic back and forth with what we would loosely call today political cartoons, right? So that, so there, there are Catholic artists who are depicting Luther in a certain way. And so, um, you know, Luther doesn't, doesn't go, that's mean or, or ignore it. He's got people that are going to go right back at, at, the, at the Pope. And it was important to depict Luther in a certain way. So when Chronic depicts him very early on as a monk, as it related to him going to the Diet of Worms, that puts a face onto onto it and counteracts maybe um, the Catholic um, propaganda or polemic against him. Um, there, there definitely is much like we do this to the extreme today with photography, but you know, if you're a candidate for a higher office, even, even us, you know, what do we put on, you know, a, a, a website where we wrote something or the back cover of a book or whatever, it matters how we look right in the pose and all that kind of stuff. We just it have a podcast, but even for that, we have a logo, right? I mean, we, you know, and, and did, people want to see a face to that, right? right? Which is for us, I think Ben and I and Peter would agree. That's you, Mike. Yeah, I'm the face of the you podcast. The <laughs> You're the best face. <laughs> um, covered with a beard only. But so this is not something that is just contemporary. Of course, that there's a polemical aspect to it. There is propaganda. And that's how Luther becomes known throughout. That's how people across Europe picture Luther. Right. This is important, and they knew that. Um, one one other thing before I get to what I really want to talk about is, is just – What's remarkable about Chronic is he's really a businessman, right? I mean, he's going to do stuff for Roman. He's he's not he's not saying I'm I'm Team Luther all the way. I mean, well, he's, he's a, still painting uh, mythological scenes. Yeah. He's painting um, nudes. You know, not grotesque, but uh, yeah. think art. Right. Um, which and I think also says something about within the Lutheran tradition, the place of the liberal arts. That this is Luther's Reformation doesn't say no more painting painting Greek mythology, right. Chronic, right. but we can learn from these accounts and still difference them. between a radical gospel and, or a radical reformation and reformation in the same way you wouldn't destroy art. We are not going to limit our artists. They keep producing it even. Yeah. yeah. We are not going to limit our artists. And so, and they, and it's a good understanding of the, of the church Catholic in the right way, the small C, right? It, he, he's not, he's not being completely, um, you know, by side or like almost like in a patriotic way, like, uh, you know, my country right or wrong and your country always wrong, right? Um, so, and and then the connection with Luther, you said both suffering from some depression, uh, both both high-functioning individuals when they are going, um, but, they're, but also their hands in everything, pharmacist. Um, he is into real estate. He is the mayor for, I think, nine years, or is it two nine-year terms? I mean, it's an extended part of uh, time. He has civic duties there. Um, and, and he is a court artist, and this is what I want to kind of talk about, too. What does it mean to be like this, this hired by, um, by the elector? 
um, he is in charge of not just painting portraits of famous people. He's in charge of when the elector comes to town, is everything decorated? Do they have the bunting? You know, if we put, think of like America in the, you know, the 1840s and, and the president comes to town, there's going to be this red, white, and blue bunting everywhere. He's in charge of that. He's in charge of dressing the court, um, designing their clothes. Um, if there's a, you know, a fancy party, um, are all the aesthetics there? He is not just a painter, but he's in charge of all of this. And so you can imagine, I'm running a business, I'm the mayor of the town, and I have to put out a gazillion fires when I'm planning this event. And I got to make sure that everything looks good. He's the type of person that, okay, um, there is going to be this big meeting in Wittenberg and the elector is going to be there six months out. He's like, have we ordered have we ordered the catfish for that? Does the baker know what's going on? Do we have all the right stuff? He he has got his high-functioning person in charge of a lot of things, as was Luther, right? Luther is moves in and out of an academic world, a pastoral world, a political world. And so there you can imagine that that they have a special relationship because perhaps they're the only people in town that know what it's like to be the other person. Even Melanchthon, right, is, is a different breed. And so you can see Chronic and Luther being, you know, these are, nobody else understands us, <laughs> right? Uh, not not in a uh, an arrogant way, but we understand. I, I, I'd imagine that, you know, even the most partisan um uh, presidents of the past, when they get out of the office, they know what to talk about. There, there, yeah. there's, it's, it's rarefied. There's only five guys that know what they're, what, what we're talking about. And I, and I kind of see that with, with, um, <clears throat> Luther and chronic a little bit. And then I think, uh, you know, as we kind of wind down something, well, a book I'd recommend on chronic is by Stephen Osment, the serpent and the lamb. Uh, Chronic Luther and the uh, making of the Reformation. Um, Osmond's stuff is usually good to begin with, and it's it, he's really good in this case. Um, so if you want to read more, I'd recommend that. <clears throat> Another thing to keep in mind is to Chronic's uh, credit to, he's a very faithful subject. So when um, when it comes towards the the end of his life, um, we we've talked about I think on the episodes before, but we haven't got that far, obviously here in the um the winginess is that uh when uh elector john frederick is taken captive after the interim uh well before the interim crisis at the battle of milburg um chronica is uh very devoted to him still he pleads to, for leniency with the emperor for him um he goes to visit and uh and stay with him uh this was uh, someone who not only um, came to Wittenberg to make a buck and profit off of it, but became uh, very invested in his community, um, to his uh, prince. Um, he is a very socially active and conscious person. And I think this is something that's, that's helpful for us to keep in mind, too, is here as the Lutheran Reformation is, is beginning and being undertaken, um, one of its greatest early citizens, so to speak, um, 
in Chronic is a, a very socially conscious, loyal, um, active citizen. Um, and it's a reminder for us uh, as Christians as well. Um, the justification by faith is, is not only a uh, freedom from uh, you know, law, sin, death, the devil, the accusations of the law, that is, um, but it's freedom for neighbor. And in this way, uh, I think Chronic, um, there's some rather touching scenes of, of how he devotes himself um, to his friends and, and, and to his prince. Yeah, I think he's a remarkable guy, um, uh, not just because of his high-quality art and his high f- functionability in many different circumstances, but like you said, loyal. Um, you know, he's an adopted son of Wittenberg but makes it his own. Uh, c- you know, a good sense of civil duty. I- I'll be the... I don't think he's like... You know, it's not like mayor's, you know, this lucrative kind of position in Wittenberg, but he, he does it. You know, I, I kind of get the sense that he says this is what the town needs and he's going to make money off of it. But um, it, it is he is neighbor driven in a in a I, I think a decent way. Yeah. So I'll give you the last word. We're about a half an hour here. Um, I We would have loved to get into his art a little bit. Um, you can go to the the Luker, the, the chronic archives uh, in the show notes. I will put a. a um, a link to that that not only gives you access to um, the pictures and the paintings which by the way we don't have that many of a lot of them were destroyed um, uh, not only access to that but access to a lot of research too like a bunch of journal articles on him and so if you want to as if you just want to browse and look at some of the pictures or if you want to get into uh, Lucas Chronic from a variety of different um, avenues that's your place to go I'll give you the last word. Yep, I know. I would just wrap it up by saying, you know, we've tried to, with um, a lot of these, really emphasize um, that Luther is uh, not a sole actor in what takes place, um, but he is blessed with um, gifted people around him, and he's also a magnet for gifted people. Um, And uh, I think still today we remember that the church is the body of Christ, and um, God uses various people for various means and purposes. Um, and I think Chronic is a wonderful reminder of that. I think it's also a reminder to us, too, of the the freedom of the gospel. And, and what was so wonderful about Luther's Reformation over against some of the others was their appreciation of the beauty of art and, and music um, and, uh, you know, this kind of liberal arts tradition that comes down to us uh, still today, uh, that we can delight in these good gifts of God and we can use our gifts um, for him in such ways as well. Um, in short, what I guess what I'm trying to say is that um, Kronika knew how to let the bird fly. I have a evening when the sun goes down. Get me down.